We've had a theme verse that has given us a foundation by which has been the thoughts that we would grow in the Lord this year. That theme verse is found in your bulletin and and everything that we have preached throughout the year has been based on that. And we've been in a series called Conforming to His Image because it is our desire. And for those of you that may be visiting with us and it's your very first time or second time and you're thinking, you guys, praise loud, your music is loud. We're Pentecostal. I want you to know something. I don't want to be before the Lord and be ashamed because I cheered louder for my football team than I cheered for my Savior. And I cheer loud for my football team. There's something about the nature of our hearts that finds its greatest fulfillment in the expression of praise. And as we begin to conform more and more to His image, you're going to see that the Lord is going to begin to stretch you in the areas of of praise and worship to Him. The next stage of this conforming to His image is probably not the most exciting stage you're ever going to hear, but it's an important stage. It's the stage of learning the disciplines of being a spiritual person. The disciplines of being a spiritual person. When it comes to the discipline of spirituality, I've discovered that in our world we seem to slip into one of two extremes. The first extreme seems to overemphasize our role and minimize God's role. The position is often characterized by the mentality of striving for and living for Jesus in my own strength. It's about my biblical knowledge. It's about rules that not only I must live by, but everybody else must live by if they're going to reach my level of spirituality. It's about rededicating my efforts and human activities and virtually ignoring the fact that the Holy Spirit must be at work within us to help us grow. It takes upon us the responsibility, and I want you to know that if you have taken upon yourself the responsibility of your spiritual growth without the Holy Spirit, it will lead you to a legalism and an idea that failure will destroy you. The other extreme of that, however, overemphasizes God's role and minimizes our role in this. This position is characterized by a let go and let God passivity. That whatever the Lord wants to do, He's perfectly capable of doing. He doesn't need my help in any of it. And it stresses experience and the supernatural and the person of the Holy Spirit, but downplays any human element and any ability that we may have to contribute to our own spiritual life. I believe that the Bible brings to us a balance of these two extremes which would be appropriate for us to examine. And I'm going to ask that you would turn in Philippians to chapter 2. In verses 12 and 13. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Because as Paul was writing to the church at Philippi, they were struggling with some of these issues. Either my spiritual growth is all on me, or it's all on the Holy Spirit and has nothing to do with me. And he brought them together when he said this, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, and he says these words, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. 
For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Within this passage of Scripture that he writes to the Philippians, Paul begins to point to us that this is a very balanced walk with the Lord. Not only is there the responsibility that we have in investing our lives and our energies into the things of the Lord, but also that there is a role that the Holy Spirit plays in your growth as you yield to Him, and it is combined, the two of these, your work and the Holy Spirit's work, that brings about measured, discernible, identifiable growth within your life. Work out your salvation. I want you to notice that it did not say, work for your salvation. There's a huge difference between these two things. We live in a world where people think that they will inherit eternal life because they've been good. Because they have done good things or they're better than somebody else or they have worked. I've had conversations with people when I've asked them, what is it about you that believes that you will make it to them? And they say, well, you know, I helped change somebody's tire. I did this. They went through a list of all of their good works that they did, believing that the Lord has a balance, and if your good works outweigh your bad, that you're going to be in. That is not scriptural. If it was, he would say, work for your salvation. But he indicates that there is a working out. In other words, we are to take the Word of God. And that we are to concentrate on it. We are to read it. We are to ingest it. And that through the work of the Holy Spirit, and I want you to know something. Many of you could give testimony to this. Before you became a child of God, you read the Bible and it was boring. It didn't make any sense to you. But when you received Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit came into you and began to enlighten the truth of the Word. And things that you read that you never understood before, suddenly with the help of the Holy Spirit, truth began to grow out of that and begin to fill your heart and life. And as we begin to look at disciplined spirituality, the first thing that we must look at is how do we ingest the Word of God. How do we ingest the Word of God? One of the things that I love most about teaching our new believers class and our foundations class is the different people that come to Christ from different backgrounds. And some of them have come from backgrounds where they were told they didn't read to read the Bible. That was up to the spiritual leader of their church. He'll tell you or she'll tell you what you need to know and the rest of it you just don't need to bother with. I want you to know something. I believe that the Bible is to be our daily bread. There's something in there that the Lord would have us to understand. Today, over these next few moments, I want to take some thoughts. And if I don't have a chance to finish this this week, that's okay. We'll have time next week. But turn, if you would, to Psalm chapter 19. What I would like to do this morning is something a little different than normal. My wife and I have started a couple of weeks ago... For our devotion time together, something called uh, the U Bible, and there's a listening version to it, where we will take the iPad and, and we'll sit it in the room where we are and we'll push it and we will listen to the Bible being read to us and the, the chapters that we read that day and then we get a little chance to have some coffee and discuss that and it's, it's made it a little more enjoyable. And for those of you who are having such trouble in your lives trying to find a way for you to have devotions, I want you to know... This is a great learning style. If you can follow along in your Bible as it's read, 
I've discovered nuances by listening to somebody else read it, particularly the pronunciation of some of the names, has been rather handy. And so turn, if you will, to Psalm 19 and read along as this is played for you as a demonstration. Psalm 19. For the director of music, a psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Hallelujah. What a great voice. <clears throat> <laughs> All of us have different learning styles. Some of you are readers. Some of you are listeners. This is available to all of us and it's free. You can download these any way that it begins to help us. In this spectacular chapter in Psalm, you begin to see the the beginning six verses talks about the fact that the Lord is revealing Himself through His creation. There are a lot of questions that come from people wondering, what in the world is going to happen to those people who never heard of Jesus? How is He going to be able to rightly judge whether or not they are saved or not if they never heard? And the Scripture begins to make very clear that there's something placed within every one of us that when we stand and we look at creation, something inside of us tells us this was created by God to reveal Himself to people. Creation itself declares His glory. And in fact, in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I want you to think about that verse for a second. Some of us like the outdoors. Why God gave me an office job, I don't know. 
But there's something amazing in every father who's stood alongside of his wife as she gave birth and saw that baby being born and placed into your hands. Suddenly, I, I know very few that can admit that there is no God in that moment. Understand in the creation that He has made and you stare into space and you see the order of everything that He's placed out there and something in your heart cries out, Oh, the greatness and grandeur of our God. Those of you who are early morning people, that can get up and you begin to watch the sun rise and the seasons change and there's something that begins to warm your soul because you know that the one whom you serve put it all into place and He reveals Himself to you in His creation. The scientists, as they begin to dig in to what it is like in the physiology of the body, if they know Christ at all, are marveling at how He created and put us all together. And the Scripture declares that He holds all things together. You have to try not to know that God is revealing Himself to all of us through marvelous creation. When you get to verse 7, not only is the Lord beginning to reveal Himself in creation, but He begins to talk about the Word of God and the important role that it's to play within our hearts. And in verses 7 through 9, and by the way, I encourage you, if you have a highlighter, to keep it handy because there's certain words in this that you're going to want to just underline and you're going to want to get back to. Beginning in verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Underline the word perfect. Underline that word, perfect. Because perfect means here as it is speaking of the word of the Lord, what we know is our Bible. It's perfect. It revives the soul. How many of you today feel better than when you came in? About 18. The rest of you were busy underlining. There's something refreshing about the house of the Lord, isn't there? I know that there are days when the alarm clock goes off on a Sunday morning and your mind instantly says, nobody's going to know if I go or not. I have a ton of other things I'd rather do today. Oh, it's raining outside. It would be so easy just to roll over and you have to fight with yourself on days you just don't feel like coming. But rarely is there a time that in those times when you don't overcome that and you come into the house of the Lord, when you don't leave there thinking, boy, I am glad that I overcame the enemy today and came and refreshed my soul in the presence of the living God today. He refreshes us. He said, the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord is perfect. It revives the soul. It means His word is without blemish. It's complete. It lacks nothing. It speaks to the wholeness of His Word. It's lost nothing in its perfection and the basis on which it has the effect on your own life. It's the characteristics of God that is found placed within you as you read His Word. He's saying everything that you need for life is found in His Word. Everything that you need is found with His Word. He says that His Word revives us. In the Hebrew word, it can also mean restore, and it can also mean return, and it can also mean repent. All of these would be appropriate interpretations of this word. And it may be that in that, that as you read the Word of God, 
There's a restoration that takes place. For some of you, when you have wandered away from God, you read the Word, and though other people may not be able to tell you what to do, God can reach your spirit when others can't. It begins to draw you back. You return. You repent. You're restored because of the Word and its perfection. The effect that it will have on your soul will be that of renewing you when you need it the most. Secondly, it states, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Underline that word, trustworthy. Different versions of the Bible may say it's pure. There's never a moment in time when you can't trust the promises of God. For those of you that may be just beginning your walk with God, let me tell you something. Your Bible needs to be written in. It needs to be not a book you leave on the coffee table, but it needs to be the common book in your house and in your hand. And as you begin to get into it, the trustworthiness of God will indicate to you that the Holy Spirit will enlighten His truth to you. And as you underline verses and as you put dates out beside them, things, Lord, I, I need this in prayer. I need a promise of this today. I need to know what to do in this. That as you begin to read His Word, He will reveal to you through the Holy Spirit just what you need because it's trustworthy. And so take time with a pen and and begin to jot down off to the side the, the dates and things that God would speak to you. A number of years ago after my mom had passed away, my sisters and I were going through her Bible. And we had quiet moments as we're looking through it and we begin to recognize dates that she had written out the side of the verses and had our names written by them and different things because they corresponded with things that we were going through in our life that we either didn't know she knew about or we didn't know she was praying about. And it was very sobering in that moment to recognize, having grown up in a godly household with a praying mom and dad, that the Holy Spirit was revealing things to her through the Word that I had no idea about. But she knew when she needed a Word from the Lord that He would speak to her through the Word and she would write down the dates and God began to make promises to her that He would fulfill in time. And He has. There's something trustworthy about the Word of God. As we begin to ingest it within our life, it's sure. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we pray and we ask the Lord for wisdom, the first thing that starts with is that we have a healthy respect for who God is and everything that He has done. His Word is a true witness that will inculcate within the open-minded reader a fear for God that brings to us a respect. That's where wisdom begins. And the fear of God grows in that within our life. The Scripture goes on to say, The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. So underline the word right. The Bible talking about itself here says, It's right. It's a precept that if you live it, will lead you to the goal of faithful living. I have said this before, my greatest desire, my greatest desire is that if the Lord should choose to rapture His church before this service ends, that nobody would be left sitting here. That this room, instantaneously, this building, the children downstairs and everywhere, would instantly be empty because we know the power of the living Word of God has redeemed our souls. 
what would a moment that's going to be? And I don't know how we're going to respond when we get into the presence of the Lord. But sooner or later through eternity, we're going to have time to hug each other's neck. And enjoy the fact that we are there together. He says His Word is right, and if you follow His Word, He will lead you and guide you in ways that you will increasingly be conformed to the image of Christ that you cannot do without His Word. It also says that He brings a joy to your heart. A joy to your heart. Scripture also says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Any of you need more strength? Tomorrow's Monday. Tomorrow morning you're going to get up and this word's going to run through your mind. Oh Lord, I need strength and I need joy. And it's found within His Word. His Word will lead you in the paths of righteousness. will keep you in relationship with God. In fact, have you noticed that when things begin to take place in your life, either things that you will allow or things that you become involved with that begin to draw you away from the Lord, the first thing that you want to let go of is the Word. The next thing you want to let go of is attending a church where the Word is preached and being around people that believe the Word. Because the enemy knows that his greatest weapon against you is guilt. And the Lord says, but if you come running to the Word, I restore, I renew, you repent, and I begin to lead you again in the path of the truth. Come running to His arms if you've been running the wrong way. The next thing that's mentioned in these verses is that the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The word radiant that's used as it is here is often used to describe the purity or the radiance of sunlight, something that you cannot look in without having to squint. There's a purity of it. There's a holiness of it. We recognize that built in the condition that we are, we cannot look into the presence of the Lord. You can't even look at the sun which He created, which cannot even come close to reflecting His glory. But He said the Word of God becomes a light to our eyes in those moments of time. And for those of you that are students, and you're going through things in school and you don't know what to do and there's decisions you have to be made, here's what I ask you to do. In that moment, simply pray, Lord, enlighten the path. Shine the flashlight at where I'm supposed to go. Use your light, God. Because the Lord will never fail you and He will never let you down if you will ask for His light to shine on the path that you were to go. He will illuminate it. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word, your word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. When you begin to ingest the word, the pathway that He wants begins to show up. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, For the commandment is a lamp and teaching is a light. There's something magical about the illumination of the direction we are to live in life when we begin to pour ourselves into the Word of the Lord. He goes on to say, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. This word clean or pure endures forever. The word fear here is used as a synonym for the Word God. In other words, because we, we seek the Lord and we fear the Lord... The effects of His Word within our life will be something that will give life to our hearts as we pursue it. Peter chapter 1, verses 24 and 25 says, All flesh is like grass. 
and all its glory like the flowers of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that is preached to you. I hate to tell you this, but you're all going to die. It's appointed. And the older you get, the shorter life looks. As a kid, it takes forever to get through school. When you get older, those 12 years don't seem so long. There comes moments of time as we look back over our life and we begin to recognize just how short this is going to last. But the Word of God in us will bring to you an enduring aspect forever. It purifies your life. It leads you in paths that will lead you to an eternal life in Jesus Christ. The Bible also tells us that the ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. This can also be interpreted as God's judgments are true. In other words, what He says is right is right, and what He says is wrong is wrong. The ordinances of God, the laws of God. Here, God speaks to us about how things ought to be. It's His judgment. It's His decision. It's His declarations. If the Word of God speaks clearly about something, then you can't change it, even though the Bible tells us that in the days in which we live, people are turning the truth of God into a lie. God will always be truthful with you. He will not beat around the bush when you begin to ask Him to turn the spotlight of His Spirit on your life. Lord, if there's anything in me, that's a dangerous prayer. If there's anything in me, of course there's things in you that He wants to bring up. It's not an if question, at least in my life. It's, Lord, I'm almost afraid to have you do this, but turn the light on. And you're going to see my little sinful roaches running everywhere. Just kill them. Just kill them. Because I know that your word is true. And the challenge for us as the church is that we live in a day in which people are exchanging the truth of God for a lie. They will read the word and see what it says and argue with you that that is not what God meant. As sin begins to close and cover their eyes to truth, the callousness of their own behavior becomes something that they try to tell you is okay. I've had people say, Pastor, I know what the Word of God says, but my situation is different. Begin to justify the things that they see. Let me tell you something. You take something to the Lord in prayer, He won't lie to you about it. He will be truthful with you. So we see within this psalm, and we just got started this morning, but we're going to close here. Worship team, can come. The description of what the Word of God is. What it is to us. This morning, I, I'm going to ask us to do something a little different. As we're working on the disciplines of, of developing devotional lives and being people of the Word and reading the Word or listening to the Word, 
Maybe you can sit it in, in your car and you plug it in and, and, and rather than listening to music for a while, just listen to the Word and, and begin to think about it. But as we're going to begin to take these steps of becoming more disciplined, that our spirituality be, would be seen because of the discipline that we live our lives, it starts with the Word. In fact, statistics indicate today that the reason that people are afraid to share their faith with other people or you're afraid you're going to be asked a question you can't answer. Part of that comes from the aspect of that we just, we just don't know what the Word says in a lot of times. And maybe you're like me and I, I have a horrible time memorizing things. I can remember what something says, but I have to run and, and start typing some of the words in to see where it's found in some of those things. Others come right to me. But as we're going to begin to grow in the disciplines and, and, and growing in the aspect of, of letting the Lord influence our sphere where we live, it's got to start with us being people of the Word. And if you think the Bible is boring, then ask the Holy Spirit to make it exciting for you. Now, I'm not asking you to start out tomorrow morning by reading a whole book. If you have never started devotions before, then start with a few verses. If you've never started before, start with Matthew. Start in the New Testament. And perhaps read or listen to a chapter of Matthew. And then I always like to have a psalm for the day if I can or a proverb. Just something that seems to add wisdom to real life. Just start there. And before you do, just simply say, Lord Jesus, whatever it is that I'm about to hear, about to read, would you just reveal the truth to me today? So that I can begin to develop a discipline in my spiritual life that will bring honor to you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Next week we'll talk about how, how can I learn to desire the Word of God more. But today I want to ask the church, if you desire to have a more disciplined life in the Word than you've ever had before, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and come and just stand along the front because I'm going to pray a, I'm going to pray a prayer of consecration over you. Lord, I, I want to be more disciplined in, in the Word than I've been in the past. I hear all that it is. It's pure. It's true. It's trustworthy. It's life-giving. It's restoring. It does all of these things for my soul and I've ignored the greatest spiritual vitamin that there is so many times. I can tell you this, if this service is all you get of the Word during the week, then you're going to be unhealthy spiritually. You need this. The Lord told us to not forsake gathering together because we need this of one another. You need one another. I participated in a wedding yesterday in another church and they had, they had this banner out in the front that was talking about prayer triplets, finding two other people that you would join together with in prayer that you could begin to share requests with. And I thought, what a wonderful idea. And as we get into the discipline of prayer, we probably are going to begin to develop some smaller groups for prayer just together. But as you look around this morning, every one of you here, God has placed for a specific purpose and a plan. And if you will just let the Word of God get into you, then what will begin to seep out of the pores of your spirit will be
be divine in nature and it will have an effect on other people. And believe me, I know where some of you work and they need something to seep out of your pores that's divine in nature. There'll be a joy to you that you didn't have before. There'll be a strength to your life that wasn't there before because the Word becomes precious. And as you begin to develop this, you'll discover it's easier and easier and easier. You'll miss it more and more of you if it's not there. It's His love letter to us. Back in the early 80s, actually the late 70s, Cindy had to go to Guam for a summer on a missions trip. This was back in the days where we didn't have Skype. The phone calls were very expensive, and so I did something I don't ever do and have never done since, and that's why I wrote a letter every day. I remember running to the post, the mailbox in the front of the house after the postman would get there, smiling through just to see if there was an address that had her, her handwriting on it. And I would tear that letter open and I would read it and I would reread it and I would re-re-re-read it. I would smell it. I would read between the lines. Because there was a love relationship that was developing. I couldn't wait to hear what she had to say. And in the discipline that we developed within our life spiritually, I heard a song that we need this to be more like a love relationship than a duty. I need my relationship to, with God to be like a love relationship where, where I can't wait to hear what He has to say to me and I read between the lines and the Holy Spirit enlightens certain things that's just for me. And I can respond to Him in that prayer. Lord, let our relationship be like a love relationship that we come running to with Your Word. Let me pray for Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we live in dangerous times. In fact, as I have said the past few weeks, I believe we're living in the last days of time. And that what we do, we must do quickly, O oh Lord. And so, Father, I pray that in this time where we know that in the last days the love of many will wax cold, and we understand that that means that that those that once had a relationship with you will begin to dry up. And the reason they dry up is because they fail to dive into the spiritual disciplines that keep them alive. So Lord, as you reveal to us today through your word how powerful it is to us, would you allow it to be like a brand new love relationship? Would you scrape the calluses of our soul off so that what remains is something that's brand new and sensitive to you and the Holy Spirit? Father, for those that are already disciplined that came today because they want greater discipline, I pray that you would lead them and guide them. For those that are here today because this has not been a part of their life, and even though they knew it should be, they've been struggling with things, let this be a start. Lord, I pray that you would allow us to use the technology of our word world to make the word more available to us in whatever form we need it, whether we be listening, whether we be reading Lord, for our children, whether it be picture Bibles that we talk to them about, let us be people of the Word, I ask. And let the Word be real within us and powerful that would bring discernible growth to us, I ask. Lord, I consecrate your people. I ask that you 
you would touch their minds to receive your word. I ask that you would touch their spirits, that the Holy Spirit would enlighten brand new things to them that they've never seen before. I ask that we would begin to share with each other the things we see and discover, and that we would be excited about, oh, let me show you what God was telling me today. And that there would be an atmosphere in this room, Lord, and among this body and and the connections that we make. That we love God and we love His Word and we can't wait to share it with one another. Lord, let that be a characteristic of us as we grow in You, I pray. 